November eight, two thousand fifteen. He is our life jacket. I was in the same church C-day team as Betty from Mexico, who was also my fellow colleague. We were in charge of preparing programs for the kids at church. We sang a few songs together, play a life jacket game, whereby the kids would run from one end to the other end of the line, put on the life jacket properly before running back to the next team member and pass it on. It was a simple game, but most of the time the kids love it because they got to run and put on life jacket, which they would not usually get a chance to try on. After that, Betty shared a short message with the kids using the life jacket. The bright orange color represents us. That people could see us during the day, the reflective strip would allow people to see us at night. In other words, we were God's ambassadors. The whistle attached to the side was for us to tell people about God, and the mini torchlight meant we were to be a light for Jesus. I was very impressed with how we could share about God through a simple tool like a life jacket. Life jacket save life. Just like how Christ saved us and gave us life. After that, the church arranged transport for us to be sent back to the ship, and to our amusement, we realized we left our team leader Phoebe from Taiwan at the church. Of all we left behind was our team leader. It was hilarious. We did not notice it because our team was pretty big. I felt a bit bad for not realizing that because she was my good friend. And thankfully, she was not angry and managed to be sent back to the ship by the church people. November ten, two thousand fifteen, an exciting train ride, a smiley face, and a goodbye. We took a three and a half hour train ride from Colombo to Kandy, which was another town in Sri Lanka with the ship's communication team. The communication team consists of photographer, videographer, journalist, public relations officer, graphic designer, and a communication manager who was in charge of taking care of the team. They wanted to do some photography and filming of the tea plantation and their workers. Since it was an off day and I was in the same department, I tagged along with them. The train had different sections. There was a section for the first class cabin, which which was air conditioned, which we could not afford. So we took the economy class, which was non air conditioned, and it was jam packed with commuters. We had to stand because it was always full at every station. Just the thought of standing in a crowded metro for more than three hours was torturous enough, but this journey was definitely different. The journey along the way was pretty dangerous. Yet thrilling because most of the time we were meandering on the side of the mountains and cliffs, so it made it exciting with the doors open. You could see breathtaking views of the mountains and sea of clouds in not so far distance as the train churned along to its destination. The windows were drawn down, and the fresh wind and sound of the train kept us awake. When we arrived, we were told it was a public holiday. And hence, there would not be any tea plantation workers plucking tea leaves. We were quite disappointed at first, but the communication team went ahead with their shoot anyway, making best use of what they could have since they would not have time to make another trip like this again. We had a fun time posing as tea plantation workers and doing all kinds of goofy shots. On our way back, we had to stand again. This time, a kid started crying. And could not stop crying, no matter how the parent tried to calm him down. 
What our public relations officer Ivy from Taiwan did surprised me. She took out a card, drew a smiley face, and gave it to the kid. And he stopped crying. It was amazing to me. I was so proud and humbled by this little action she did. Instead of finding the kid annoying and shifting to another part of the train, she chose to engage with him. This was love shown in action. Ivy has always been passionate for kids' ministry and I have witnessed her at work with them. She was such a natural with them. When I was back to the ship, I was so tired and received news that instantly shocked me. Yoli, my Brazilian sister and ex-colleague in Angels, had left the ship because of health reasons. I knew she would be leaving in a few days, but I was surprised by the suddenness. There was no time to respond and hug her goodbye. Yoli was a special friend to me whom I have called Yoli Mama. We started our friendship way back in London when we were doing land mission together before joining the ship. She was my wonderful cleaning partner in crime when we served in Angels. She would always tell me she loved dirty toilets and having a chance to transform them into clean one was thrilling for her. Her joy and passion while working really amazed me. She would always wake up at wee hours in the morning to pray in the dining room or constantly telling me that she was praying for William and I. Haruka from Japan could not stop crying while I realized I was too shocked to cry. It was a sad day for us, but for the sake of Eoli's health, it was the right decision to go to seek better treatment. I still could not imagine that she was no longer on the ship. A few months ago, we were still laughing over dirty toilets and sharing coke in the cabin while sneaking a break from cleaning. Life was really unpredictable and planned change all the time. Through this incident, I realized whenever I heard something traumatic, I would be too shocked to respond. Do I really care for Yoli, Mama? Haruka is crying buckets, and here I am, feeling nothing and could not even cry. P.S. As I was penning this down for my book a few years later, I could finally cry. This was what people meant by delay grief.